Well, hello and welcome back to The Daily Brew, the devotional where every day we drink a new brew of coffee and we see what God is brewing for us in the Bible. Yes, it's cheesy, but it's true. And you join me here in Auckland, New Zealand, and we're back with some more coffee, some new brews and some more good times, all live from here. I hope you're excited for day 222 of 365 days of Bible reading. If this is day number one, you've just stumbled across us, feel free to head back to day number one and start from day one so that you can actually read the whole Bible in a year. This is day 222 of 365. I've got some new coffee to try and some scriptures to read. So let's have a look at what we're going to be talking about today. As always, these scriptures are in the devotionals platform on every platform. Anyway, description. The devotional description on every platform. That's what I'm trying to say. Let's have a look. Psalm 94, verse 1 to 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1 to 20. And 2 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 1 to 17. So those are our scriptures that we're going to be reading today. Make sure that you get amongst all of those. Let's talk about brews, though. Today I have a new brew from Miller's Coffee. Now, this is not a mainstream coffee like you might be familiar with us having here on The Daily Brew. This is actually from a boutique coffee supplier in Auckland, and they've been brewing since 1984. Now, Miller's is named after Craig Miller, who originally started roasting coffee, serving an Italian style. Now, though, it has changed. In my hands is the Miller's Espresso, and this is a full roast of premium mild Arabica beans giving you the true Antipodean flavor. Now I've tried to figure out, to be fair I haven't done an extensive research, I have tried to figure out what Antipodean flavor actually is. If you do know, feel free to chuck it on the comments on YouTube. Let's start a debate and figure it out together. Whatever it is though, I am gonna try this as an espresso. It is an espresso bean. We'll also try this as a filter just in case to see what it comes out like. But today, let's give this a try and see what this feels like as a this flavor, as a espresso. Miller's espresso, let's give it a try. Definitely a bit chocolatey. There's, there is like a sweetness to it, like a multi sweetness. I don't know, maybe it's just the way that I've made it, but it does, it's very good. What I would call this is like a, it's a normal coffee. Like it's, it's nothing that's like, Wow, look at all the richness of flavors, but it's also not bad. It's a very middle-of-the-line coffee. I, I, I'd put this at a 6.8 out of 10 because it is good, but it's not blowing my brains away with flavor profiles or tasting notes. Again, it could be the way that I've made it. This is one of the better coffees I've made since I've been back, though, so I'm not sure if it is, but again, I could be wrong. Miller's? I want to try it again. Yeah, maybe it's a 7.4. Because it's actually got a lovely rounded taste. I'm going to put it at a 7.4 uh, because I do actually like this. And I would, I would have this as a default espresso every day. So uh, that's, what, that's what I feel and how I feel about the Miller's Coffee. Make sure you give it a try if you're keen to. They are in Auckland City. You can give them a go and give that a try. 7.4. 7 I'm going to put them at for the Miller's. There you go. College Street yesterday, by the way, I've, I've had Welcome Home stuck in my head all day. Um, but College Street, which we had yesterday as an espresso, I didn't give it a rating. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. That's just for yesterday. Let's talk about our Bible for today, the reason that we are here. Who judges the world? Obviously, it's God. Right now, it's hard to see his justice in play. Psalm 94 
speaks truth about the realities of wickedness, racial injustice, arrogance, and boasting, people being crushed and oppressed, and the poor, widows, outsiders, and the fatherless all suffering. Anybody would look at the world around us right now and ask the question, why does a just God just like and a, and a just judge, sorry, let any of this happen? So the question the question that I, I think people would be asking is why does a just God and a just judge let any of this happen? Even the psalmist in our scripture today cries out and asks God for justice in the face of all of this injustice. God's justice is given in the form of love. Because he loves the oppressed, he is going to judge the oppressor. But it's easy to feel like God doesn't notice what's going on or even mind what ha- what's happening in the world today. But I need to make it really clear that this isn't true of our God. In verse 9, the psalmist makes it clear. God sees and hears what's going on. Because of this, God will judge when the time is right. Here on earth, right now, I believe as Christians, it's not our job to judge but to act justly and extend the love and mercy of God to those around us and help out where we can until Judgment Day, where God will judge all those who have... I've got so much spit in my mouth today, I don't know why. But when timing is right, God will judge those who have acted unjustly here on earth. When you read... That was a disgusting piece of information that you probably didn't need to know, uh, and I and it's in my head now. I need to just... I probably just need to refocus my attention back to the Bible. <clears throat> Let me just readjust my seat. That was the seat, by the way, if you're listening. I just shuffled the seat back. I don't, I don't want to see any anybody saying that I farted. I didn't fart. I'll, I'll tell you if I do, but that was just the seat movement. Let's get back to the Bible. <laughs> when you read the passage in Corinthians, you get an overwhelming sense that Paul was shocked about the reality that Christians were taking each other to court. Now, the general rule in the New Testament is that Christians shouldn't take each other to court. And one of those reasons that Paul cites is that it's a horrible testimony for non-believers to see Christians taking each other to court and arguing publicly. It doesn't represent the church well. That's Paul's argument. Paul even goes as far to say it's better to be wronged or cheated than to get involved in lawsuits. Now, that's a huge perspective to have, and it's a massive thing to say. Paul seems to be saying here that it's better to pay a price right now than to have Christ's reputation looking like division. Paul goes on to say that if you find yourself in a lawsuit, you should try and resolve it between the parties, again, to preserve Christ's reputation. Paul's whole argument here seems to be for the church of Corinth that they should try and resolve their disputes between each other using judges from within the church to fairly decide the outcomes. This seems to back up the reason that we've already talked about. Paul's whole perspective here is it's less about taking each other to court and it's more about preserving Christ's reputation in public. I think that's a good thing to park on today. How do we do at preserving Christ's reputation in our own lives? Like in our lives, do we preserve Christ's reputation well or not? Do we present it and do we preserve it? How do we live and how do we interact with others? What does our life look like? These are great questions to ask ourselves when it comes to looking at this question. Paul isn't suggesting that we become a bunch of soft pushovers. He's suggesting that the way that we interact with the unsaved bears weight on the future of their salvation. If someone looked at your life right now, what would they see? Would they see a reason to live different and follow Christ? It's something to think about in a real practical, tangible way. And where possible, I want to encourage us today to work to resolve things one-on-one and live a life reflecting Christ in a positive way. Finally, we see Solomon facing some significant challenge today. 
Solomon had already firmly established his kingdom and spoke to the judges because he himself was a judge. The Israelite court and justice system was different to what Paul was talking about just before in Corinthians. There were judges in-house that would judge according to the law of God. What Paul is talking about in Corinthians is he's talking about the Roman judgment system. Solomon was a wise judge, and we know where he got his wisdom from. He got it from God after he told Solomon that he could ask God. He, so God told Solomon that he could ask him whatever he wanted, and it would be given to him. And Solomon, he asked for wisdom. That's right. You heard it right. He asked for wisdom. Now, when I read the scripture, I asked myself, well, what would I ask for? What, what would I ask for? Would I ask for wisdom? Maybe God was seemingly proud of Solomon for not asking for worldly things, that he didn't just give him wisdom in response to Solomon's request for wisdom, but he also gave him favor in worldly things. Now, this is a direct picture of what Jesus was saying when he said, we should seek first the kingdom above all else and in everything else will be given to you. Solomon sought the wisdom of God first and the rest was then given to him. Seeking first the kingdom of God practically looks like us seeking out the wisdom of God and living how God would have us live according to his wisdom. So the question I want to ask you today is what are you seeking first? Is it God or is it all the worldly things around you? Verse of the day. Verse of the day today is 2 Chronicles 1.12. It says, Therefore wisdom and knowledge will be given to you, and I will also give you wealth, possessions, and honor, such as no king who was before you ever had, and none after you will have. I'm so struck by what God says here in this scripture. Wisdom and knowledge, but also wealth, possessions, and honor, such as no king who has gone before you had, and no one after. What a thing to be given by God. I think humanity's challenge is that we're choosing the wealth, possessions, and honor, then, almost as an afterthought, choosing God. I want to be someone who seeks God first. Irrespective of the outcomes, I want to seek God first. The truth is, if you seek God first in order to get the outcomes, you're not actually seeking God first, you're actually seeking the outcomes first, and therefore, you're going to miss out on all of that too. It's a thin line, but it's easily crossed. Seek first the kingdom, and then all else will be given to you. And that is it for today, day 222 of 365 days done here on The Daily Brew. Thank you so much for joining me no matter where you are around the world on another day of Bible reading. Whew, I tell you what, consistency, that is the name of this game, consistency. If you're sticking around and going through this whole journey, I'm praying for you that God would strengthen you. In fact, right now, God, I pray you would strengthen every person who is reading the Bible daily right now on this Bible reading journey, that you would strengthen them and speak to them in Jesus' name. Amen. Receive that prayer today if that's you. Hey, a massive thank you to all of you who have already taken a moment and followed us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thank you for doing that. Also, if you're on YouTube, thank you for subscribing to the channel. I'm going to make sure you never miss a devotional and it'll help promote this for free. Obviously, this is a free Bible reading program and we're not putting any money into marketing it. So thank you so much for doing that. No matter where you are around the world, I pray that God speaks to you and continues to reveal himself to you some more. One side effect from this Miller's coffee seems to be extra spit in your mouth and burping. So I do apologize for all the stuttering and the stumbling along today. Hey, that is it though for today. If it is the start of your day, have a great rest of your day. And less is sleep time. Good night, sleep tight. And we'll see you back here tomorrow for more on The Daily Brew.